about Clueless, where we talk about Clueless minute by minute. I'm Shannon Camp, your host, and with me today we have Christy Admiral Hello. and Catherine Cogert. Hey, great to be here. I am so excited to have a lady to lady to lady panel today for this episode. <laughs> uh, I feel like this film has been a really formative slumber party movie for a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. For years now, for generations of slumber parties uh and bearing that in mind starting with christy why don't you guys tell me a little bit about your first experiences with clueless yeah sure so i am in my late 20s which means this movie came out right before i should have wanted to see it but i desperately wanted to see it as soon as i saw ads with the cute boy who played christian and oh I, <laughs> yeah that's fascinating. right uh, yeah, interesting that he's the one I picked out. At any rate, I watched it with he's my adorable. father and my brothers back to back with Coming to America when I was, I'm going to say, about seven or eight years old. And I was immediately enamored with it. And I have seen it more than almost any other movie. Same here. And also, I got to say, that's a hell of a double feature you got going on. <laughs> my father had America. For- <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No, my father had forgotten how many times they say the F word in Coming to America. <laughs> well, it is an Eddie Murphy movie. And this was before Eddie Murphy was a family movie guy for the most part. Yes, serves. <laughs> yeah, it was made, uh, uh, coming to America's like late 80s. So. so, Catherine, when was the first time you saw Clueless? Okay, so this is embarrassing. But the first time I saw Clueless was like maybe like eight months ago. <gasps> wow. <laughs> I knew what was coming and I still gasped. <laughs> Tell me everything. (laughs) Okay, so you guys have to understand, like, I was a weird goth kid. (laughs) (laughs) In addition to that, much like Cher, I was pretty materialistic and kind of (laughs) controlling. And I just think, I think that there were a lot of things, like, I would have hated this movie if I saw it when I was, like, age appropriate for Mm -hmm. it. I would have just hated her and disregarded it. But seeing it, like, way after the fact, when I, like, was old enough to recognize that I do have flaws and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Love that time of your life. Oh, man. Um, just so I saw it as part of, like, a live tweet. There's this fantastic um, ladies newsletter that it's you can subscribe to it. It's called Two Bossy Dames. And they were doing a live tweet. And I was like, well, I like you guys. And I've never seen Clueless. So here we go. And I just had the best time, guys. This is the best movie. Yeah, it's so fun. I'm going to want to circle back to two bossy dames later because Margaret is a friend. But that is... Oh, fantastic! Yeah, that is really fantastic. (laughs) Ladies talking about ladies supporting other ladies. I love it. I love it. This truly is a safe space. Uh... Not to make light of that. It really is a good thing. So I already talked a bit about my first Clueless experience uh, the first time I was on the show, but I do want to drop in because it's going to come up many times this week as we go through the next few minutes uh, that Paul Rudd really is one of the first real people, (laughs) 
I have to specify real people as opposed to cartoon <laughs> characters like Aladdin. He was one of the first real people that I was like, oh, oh my, you're very oh, good man. looking, aren't you? Hello, sir. That Let me is get a good look at that chin. I feel like Paul Rudd should, should have on his business card, more handsome than Aladdin. it's true by a nose by a nose Uh, by a literal nose (laughs) by an actual real life nose nose. oh man um anyway what was i saying oh it's all been wiped out of my head by uh thoughts of aladdin hate it when that happens And Paul Red's nose. It's such a cute little nose. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, to dive right into this minute with an effortless segue, they talk about another iconic character from childhood at the beginning of this minute. Specifically, uh, the last minute, minute 87, left off with uh, is taking her braids down and Josh says she looks like Pippi Longstocking. So this minute picks up with I don't have the exact wording of the transition, but Cher says, who's Pippi Longstocking? And Josh says, someone Mel Gibson never played. And as she's like letting her braids down, he's giving her the old, the old eyeball. The old oh, yeah, she, mm. yeah, she's doing the thing where she's kind of shaking out her hair and showing yeah. how beautifully conditioned it is. And <laughs> you're filled with envy and, uh I will try to keep my sexual moaning to a minimum on this episode, but it's gonna be hard. <laughs> Mine was more I mean, of and all subsequent stuff. episodes that we'll be recording together. I mean, not because I'm attracted to Alicia Silverstone, although she's an incredibly beautiful woman. Um, just Paul Paul Rudd, you guys. Paul Rudd is a very special person for me. I actually specifically demanded of Darren that I be allowed to be on these episodes. And this moment specifically stands out to me because I was thinking about from a costuming perspective how Cher's costumes when she's trying to get Christian are for the most part very sexually provocative. You know, she wears the really tight white dress with the see-through jacket over it. She wears the red dress when they have their, like, quote-unquote date together at her house. Right. Whereas in her most pivotal scenes with Josh, she tends to be wearing stuff that's pretty, like, unsexual and more plain like whether it's her hanging out clothes or in this case it's like this very girlish kind of virginal like white blouse and these orchid slacks that are confusing to me and alicia silverstone is probably the only person that could pull them off but the way he was looking at her as she was like shaking out her hair and she had her eyes closed and like her neck tilted i was like this honestly might be the one most sexually charged moment between them because it's a pretty chaste relationship for the most part it really is. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to it in later minutes, too. But even after the pivotal moments, they're still pretty adorable together and not really <laughs> ever in a cloying way. More of a we're very innocently attracted to each other way. Yeah. Yeah. Like the only other instance I can think where it's clear that he's attracted to her is when she goes, she's going out with Christian and she's wearing that white dress and he realizes yes. he's attracted to her and he's like, uh, uh, you're not going to let her go out like that, are you? Yeah. Uh. 
And it's the cutest thing ever. In the last episodes of As If I was on, we talked a lot about how Cher is such an iconic character that she really rocketed Alicia Silverstone to stardom. And in a similar but different way, I feel like Josh was a star-making role for Paul Rudd because he just has he has that it factor. He has that charisma. And I'm not just saying that as someone who's attracted to him. Like, <laughs> the reason he's more successful than Alicia Silverstone today, I mean, there's a lot of factors, and I don't want to, like, blame or shame her, is that he happens to be a very, very versatile actor. And I think this role is a good example of, like, the just kind of effortless charm that he brings to every role. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I th- yeah. Yeah. Charm is the word for it, right? He is the most effortless is also a good word for it. He's the most effortlessly charming interview subject in mm-hmm. addition to being just really good at being a leading man. Uh, I particularly love him and I love you, man. And I think that character is a very Josh-like character in a lot of ways. And I'm not as much, like, not to the same extent Shannon is into him, apparently. I'm not as much of a, a Paul Rudd girl. But I absolutely recognize how attractive he is, particularly in this role. And in any role where he's being the genuine, all-around charming good guy. I watched Ant-Man for him. I'll say no more. <laughs> Oh, man. I watched that man on a plane. (laughs) Did you cry? I always Um, cry when I watch movies on planes. It's the... the, No, there's a scientific reason it happens. It's like the... It's in a difference in the atmosphere, like how the altitude, rather. Okay, well, I feel better about crying out at the That's your thing to Google later, everybody. (laughs) The Adjustment Bureau? Wait, wait. Uh, Okay, no. Yeah. We should talk about Clueless, but the Adjustment Bureau, that is fascinating. Yeah, I don't know. I I have no excuses. I was crying at the Adjustment Bureau. (laughs) Something, something, soulmates, the Adjustment Bureau. (laughs) Roger Sterling from Mad Men is here. The Adjustment Bureau. <laughs> uh, everybody's wearing fedoras. The Adjustment Bureau. I All was right. going to mention Three the fedoras. Thank you. <laughs> That's the thing everyone remembers. Uh, but to dive back in with people who are figuratively wearing fedoras, if not literally, there's this <laughs> douchebag lawyer who's sitting across from them. And I'm just going to boil it down. He's, like, looking for what he calls the August 28th files. The lawyer and Josh can't find them. And the lawyer is, like, extremely stressed, saying Mel is going to, quote, go ballistic if they can't find them. And then Cher says, and she's confused. She says, I think I checked them for the September 3rd conversation, which, if I'm not mistaken, was the thing that Mel told her to do that one night when she in an earlier scene she goes into his office wearing her pajamas and he gives her a pile of papers and says look for every conversation from september 3rd so this lawyer is freaking out at her for losing these alleged august 28th files for apparently separating something he had organized together but it seems to me like it was an honest misunderstanding from both sides like i don't think Cher did anything airheaded it seems like she was just following her dad's instructions yeah i've always i mean he'd be an asshole anyway but i've always hated this guy but go for yeah go for it Catherine. yeah f- him f- him for sure <laughs> oh no i was just gonna say that i i failed to fact check this <laughs> and i'm feeling bad now like oh man mm. i should have double checked gone back to that previous minute see what was happening <laughs> i'm a september called truther 
<laughs> Bush did the September call. This lawyer freaks out on her. And Cher is immediately very upset and repentant. Like, she doesn't try to fight back at all. He says, just forget it, okay? Just go back to the mall or something, which is so unfair. Oh. She's been, she's a teenage girl who's been sitting there all night going over law files. Like, whether or not she was flirting with Josh aside, how many teenage girls in Malibu are spending their nights trying to help out their lawyer dad? Yeah, this is some vocal fry. This is like some vocal fry up talk bullshit right absolutely oh absolutely it's this is how she talks this is how she carries herself it's how she communicates like why is she getting dinged for this it's a it's nonsensical she's not she's definitely not stupid i don't think we're ever supposed to get that from the character there are definitely moments when she lacks common sense and if she really Mm -hmm. did mix up these files this might be an example of that like she kept sorting through stuff past the point where it was logical but i think Based on the scene with her dad, we're supposed to take that she was at least starting in the right direction. It wasn't like a huge f*** up the way this lawyer is making it out to be. It seems like a mistake that anyone could make. So, sorry, I'm very defensive of Cher, but, <laughs> you know, should be. that lawyer is obviously a, a douchebag. Yeah, and plus his shirt doesn't fit. And she's so upset and apologetic. She runs out of the room and up the stairs and josh is immediately very defensive of her um is like what's your problem man she didn't mean any harm and the lawyer says i'm gonna get killed because she's a moron it seems like this guy is just going hype hyperbole in every direction <laughs> yeah well okay it is late like okay if i'm being empathetic to this jerk face lawyer which i absolutely should not be <laughs> devil's advocate as trolls on the internet like to say you can play devil's advocate certainly i'm maybe not my see best both self sides. i'm wearing <laughs> no it's fair and balanced just like fox news <laughs> oh gross <laughs> yeah seriously i'm wearing these uncomfortable suspenders all night it's like let's say nine o'clock or something i started work at seven maybe and I'm just maybe not the best version of myself. And and maybe my wife just let, left me and I'm watching these two flirt across the table. This actor definitely imagined a rich inner life. You know what they say, <laughs> always have a secret that only you know about your character. He yeah, did totally. not fill Paul Rudd in. Josh immediately leaps to her defense and says she's not a moron. You know, if you were paying attention to your assignment, it wouldn't have happened. Which again, just... Good to me, point. lends more credence to the idea that it was just a misunderstanding between the two parties, more so than a mistake on either's behalf. Now, now who's the lawyer? It's me, <laughs> Shannon Camp, taking the stand. <laughs> My client, Cher Horowitz. And then, but the lawyer has a pretty brutal line before leaving, a pretty brutal burn before leaving the dining room. Well, if you hadn't been playing footsie with the dumb kid, she wouldn't be bothering me. And that's the end of the minute. He gets that one last dig in at her intelligence. What a weird bird. Like, what a weird <laughs> place to go. This is why I really think his wife just left him. Yeah, you're right. He hates love. And also, I agree with you that the suspenders are a factor. Mm-hmm. They gotta they're be. Just, yeah, they're just restricting blood flow to his brain or something. Of note, because one of the things that we love to talk about on As If is the 90s, obviously. Uh, Josh yes. is pretty much the antithesis of this guy, costume-wise. He's wearing an oversized plaid shirt over a gray shirt and gray pants, and I still find him attractive, you know? He kills that plaid shirt look. He kills it. <laughs> 
it's like the epitome of 90s grunge. It's just so billowy and it's buttoned like almost all the way up. It's kind of hilarious. It looks like he had to borrow one of Mel's shirts or something. I can don't I, know can if I you guys have heard yeah. this before. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just need to reveal something about myself. My first boyfriend when I was 16 was never not wearing some combination of a Deftones t-shirt and a giant flannel shirt. This was in the 2000s. <laughs> so you know taste. where I, you know where I stand. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my god. So I don't That's know the- if you guys Okay, so I don't, I don't know if you guys have heard this before, but apparently Paul Rudd like mostly just wore his own clothes like there wasn't really a wardrobe for Paul Rudd so this this is like true Paul Rudd here oh Paul I did not know that oh Paul (laughs) this is just proof that he's like a fine wine he gets better with age because he definitely does not (laughs) dress like that anymore also his face looks the same let's be honest yeah his face looks the same his chin has maybe like a more defined cleft and so now he's more handsome yeah that's that's even better yeah (laughs) is it a Dorian Gray situation do we think that Oh, it absolutely is. It has to be. But okay. it's worth noting that there may have been a fountain of youth situation somewhere on set. Because you guys, let's track this conspiracy. See how far it goes. <laughs> Donald Faison looks the same. The same. Oh. Alicia Silverstone has had kids and looks pretty much the same. Stacey Dash, fucking crazy, but she looks the same. Brittany Murphy, immortal in all our hearts. <sighs> Don't get me started on Britney. I was on a time minute last time, and I was just like a f- wreck. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, we're not. I don't think we're allowed to swear on this podcast. Oh, that's good to know. I think really what that underscores, though, is just how good Clueless is for the soul. Yes, definitely. Oh man, I mean, this is the this is a hard moment because I do feel that Cher is expected is not expecting experiencing some you know, misogyny, some ageism in this minute. But I know that it's just leading up to the sweet, sweet treat that is coming for me in the next couple oh, of minutes. This is true. This is true. And I'm, I am excited to talk about that. Yes. This oh, was really yeah. just uh, the digital foreplay. No, that was a terrible word to choose. <laughs> no, 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 no. That You're was not cutting that. <laughs> I meant like through a podcast. Oh, God. Oh, no. That... Oh, boy. Well, I was just going to say, uh, this is really the lead up to uh, the next minutes, which I look forward to getting to with you ladies. Uh, Before we go, is there anything you would like to plug? Uh, We'll start with Christy. Sure. I am on Twitter at Admiral Christy, and you can get to anything I have written lately or anything I have tweeted about medieval times. Just by going there. Just about medieval times. Christy hasn't written anything else. (laughs) No, it's primarily about medieval (laughs) times. Uh, No, I write for uh, The Toast R.I.P. And currently I'm writing mostly for The Mary Sue. So you can see my stuff on there. And you can usually get to it on Twitter. Indeed. Excellent. Love it. I mean, I loved your work on the toast, but I got to say, the Mary Sue is also an incredibly awesome website. So excited to be following you on over there, proverbially and literally. Look behind you. I'm right there. Uh, right, I Cameron, almost looked over anything? my shoulder. You almost let that skip over as if it were a normal thing to say, but you stopped me. Good. Uh, Catherine, do you have anything to plug? 
Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Catherine Isabel, just kind of being a goof. And uh, you can listen to me on my podcast with my co-host. Uh, we're on Encyclopedia Brunch. We're trying to make facts fun again. Love Ooh. it. Love the name. Love the name of the podcast. Thank you. As for me, uh, you can keep up with all my various acting, writing, and podcasting endeavors if you so choose on my website, shannon-camp.com. Uh, unfortunately, my own podcast, Stage of Fools, won't be back until the Royals on E! returns in December. So I won't have that to plug for a while to my chagrin. Well, thank you so much for being here, Christy and Catherine. It was so much fun having you. Thank, well, thank you, you for, for having, having us. Me. And well. we will be back tomorrow with our very next minute. Can't wait. See you guys then. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.